Can you hear me now? I can hear you a lot better now, yeah. I don't know what the hell is going on. When I switched headphones, for some reason, it wouldn't give me, wouldn't let me talk. Well, I think we should probably just go with this because I can hear you pretty clear. Like, how do I sound? Am I fine? Oh, yeah, yeah. A little loud and clear. Okay, cool. Good deal. Yeah, go ahead and start it out, and I'll, I'll rattle off some of these things that I picked up, and we'll see how it goes. Okay, so we're going to act like that last 30 seconds didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to start it as if we just picked up right now. Right. Okay. Welcome to the podcast that explores mysterious disappearances, bizarre worldly occurrences, strange phenomenon, and basically everything that's weird. When people ask you, what do you do for a living? Do you want to be able to tell them I'm a producer? Well, now you can. Go to patreon.com, search everything that's weird, and sign up. We'll list you in all the show notes and mention you in every episode. Go to patreon.com to get started today. So there's Richard McCoy Jr. Richard McCoy this Jr. This is my favorite. He looks like D.B. Cooper. He looks like him. <laughs> he acts like him. Right. <laughs> he's got um, he's got a he's got a pretty interesting story. He's a copycatter, right? Yeah, he's an actual hijacker. He, uh, maybe five months after D.B. Cooper. He got onto a United Airlines flight with a hand grenade mm-hmm. and demanded half a million dollars in four parachutes. And then to stop the plane, they took the cash, got the people off. He did put on a flight suit and jumped out the plane over Utah, just just like DB Cooper did. We, it was it was pretty damn close, you know. And then um, his. He get- he got he got turned in by his, his friends. His friends turned him in. Forty five years. I guess they're not friends, but <laughs> he, he gets forty five years in jail. Right, forty five years in jail for. But um, he's like two aerial years later, piracy. Two years later, he's like fuck that noise, and he hijacks <laughs> a garbage truck. <laughs> this guy's a hijack machine. Unbelievable. Escapes State. Lewisburg Federal Penitentiary. Yep. Um, but then they catch him in. Doesn't turn out so good for him. They catch him in Virginia Beach. He's wearing a Muff Diver instruction t-shirt. That's my FBI. Yeah, right. Female body inspector. He's wearing a, a Chosky t-shirt. Right. Enormous Johnson. Remember those? You got Yeah. Big Johnson. <laughs> yeah, right. Big Johnson casinos. Um, he ends up being tracked down by his parole officer, right? Yeah. And well, the an agent. Yeah. Right. And, they, yeah. and then and they, they kill him. They kill him. Yep. They kill him. 
and they have a shootout, and then he dies in the shootout. And he literally says, "When I shot Richard McCoy, I shot DB Cooper." Yeah, because yeah. why wouldn't you say that? I mean, he hijacked another plane in the almost the exact same way, and I mean, it was it was the same plane. It was a seven seven twenty seven. Well, part of that is they have the stairs. Yep. Because you can't jump out of the. So, if you jump out of a plane now, mm-hmm. you'd have to go out of the emergency exit. Even then, you risk hitting the tail. Yeah. And if you hit the tail going 200 miles an hour, you're, yeah. you're for sure paralyzed, if not cut in half. All right. The next guy is Sheridan Peterson. He was Marine Corps. Ooh, ah. All right. Um, he ended up becoming a technical editor for Boeing. Mm-hmm. And they were really into him because he was a smoke jumper. Yeah. And he was, like, into physical risk. He was, like, down. Like, this is something he was down with. If you're a smoke jumper, you're... Smoke jumpers are no joke, dude. Yeah. You're jumping into a fire mm-hmm. to start another fire <laughs> to burn out the fire that you jumped in. Yeah, you got fire, fire with fire. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just physics. <laughs> um, a lot of people were convinced he was the guy. Yeah. He really looks like D.B. Cooper. He's got he's got a real good, strong resemblance to that picture. It, of all the people that look like D.B. Cooper, he looks like him the most. Probably, yeah. Yeah. The, the nose and that, that receding hairline. It's just like every white guy in the 70s. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Bill, some of the other guys are close, but th- th- he's 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 pretty daggone close. Like Richard McCoy was, he's pretty close too. You could kind of bend it to see that it would be him, but with how got, they drew that nose, it, yeah. And I never got anything. Was he? A, I didn't get anything. If he was a smoker, or drink bourbon. No, I, I don't think. I don't think there was something that um, kept the media at, at bay. They didn't. They didn't really buy into the. Um, Sheridan Peterson being DB Cooper. No, and and there was a, there was an entrepreneur that like actually did a documentary. His mm-hmm. name was Eric Ulis. Um, he spent years investigating it. He was like ninety eight percent convinced that it was him. Um, but of course, he's in Nepal, and this happened. Right. Was, uh, Why wouldn't it, you? Yeah, you know. And he just died in 2021. Yeah. Probably COVID. Probably, right? <laughs> he jumps out of a plane in Washington <laughs> and fucking COVID. Fuck COVID, got him. Um, Robert Wesley Rackstraw. He's a retired pilot. Pilot. He mm-hmm. was an army. He was on the army helicopter crew. Right. He was in Vietnam. Uh... So he was arrested in Iran. Yeah, he was deported. Um, yeah, for he's... explosives. 
Yeah, he's smuggling explosives. And check kiting. Do you know like, what else do you do in Iran? I don't know. If, is there other activities besides explosive smuggling? And it's, it's weird that 1978 Iran, they send you back. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's the shawl. Yeah. But the Ayatollah doesn't send you back. No. No, you die. No. That's it. <laughs> or work for them, one or the other. Right. So, um, he was also arrested for check kiting. Do you know what that is? I have no idea. Okay, so when you have, t- you could have like, okay, so, all right, so, um, you set up company one, and then you set up company, t- brand block company two, right? Yeah. And company one writes you a check, right? Mm-hmm. For like 10,000 bucks. And to company two. Company two cashes that check and then deposits it in company one. It's like a back and forth between the banks. Yeah. And it's a some, purpose, so is it the same amount of money? Uh it's it's a stall tactic usually. Oh. It's usually to float it's usually to float in between banking. Yeah, eventually it's gonna cut, catch up with you, or or it, it's usually used for like when people do it. It's usually because they're trying to stall because they have a shortage on one account and they have money coming into another account and they're waiting for the original account to have money coming in. Yeah, so you don't want them to take the other one's money. Yeah, you don't want it to default. You don't want it to look bad. So you just write a check. You got like three, four days. You write it on, you know. You, you use the banking system against itself, basically. And that's called kiting. Okay. Um, but he tried to fake his own death. <laughs> yeah. And people that fake their own death, right? Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He actually called. He he made a mayday call. Yeah, yeah. And then bailed out the plane. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're talking about people that. I mean, <laughs> this is we're getting close. These guys. I mean, it had to be tough because all these guys are like, well, that guy right. probably did it. You know, he's willing to just jump out of a plane. And he he again. Looks like D.B. Cooper. Yeah. He's got short hair. He's very Anglican. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I think everybody knows the composite sketch, but if they don't, you should look at it. D.B. Cooper has very Anglican features. He's very white. Yeah. He's Wonder Bread White. He is like somebody that came over on the Mayflower. He is a white man. <laughs> right? Am I right? Right? Right. He has zero cultural influence. Like this guy <laughs> is like Dutch English. <laughs> he is like the whitest man ever. And this guy <laughs> is that he had, you're right. He his nose. The nose is a big thing. So you can tell Mediterranean descent yeah. from the way people look with their nose, and I'm definitely guilty of that. Like <laughs> I look like an Italian guy because of my nose. <laughs> this guy looks like he could live in Scotland, England, Ireland, like all, all the places that the United Kingdom still has control over. 
But they don't really, even though he is this convict and he does this and he bails out of the plane, um, they don't really convict him because, or they don't really like suspect it's him because he doesn't really fit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's like a weird story with with him though. There was a there was a a writer, Thomas Colbert, um, wrote, wrote a book. Um, he filed suit under the Freedom of Information Act to release the the, the FBI files on DB Cooper because he thought that the FBI was protecting the fact that Rack Straw was actually D.B. Cooper and it would show the Bureau's uh, ineptness to come up with uh, prosecutable material. Right. So, I, but I don't know. Uh, right. I think somebody's trying to sell some books. He gets like, that's, and that's a lot. A lot of this is this. That, it, it, that's, that's probably why it remains unsolved. Mm-hmm. It's a very... So when I took psychology in college, one of the things our, my professor said, he was like, you know, Robin Hood, he steals from the rich, he gives to the poor. He still steals. <laughs> <laughs> right? And like... So, like, this is still a hijacking. Like, the... The flight attendant for years had had like trauma because of this. Mm-hmm. And and I know people are gonna be like, poor flight attendant, you were super hot. You took your <laughs> ran- you took the ransom to put it in your but like honestly, she, I, I saw interviews with her and she said, you know, this was like very traumatic for me. And nobody gave a shit. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared. Because he's like glorified as this like hero, yeah, and and whatever. I, I, th- we're, that's not what we do here on this. <laughs> we just we just talk about stuff that's weird, right? But like a lot of people do consider him like um, like a Jesse James, you know? Jesse James, mm-hmm. he would rob banks, he would get in the vault, and he would take all the mortgages and burn them, right? Yeah. So not only would he steal the money, he'd burn the mortgages. Well, yeah, that's awesome, but that's also how banking works. You would <laughs> you wouldn't have that house and homestead and farm if a bank didn't go out on a limb and, you know, give you the money and back it by the federal government. Yeah. There's a whole thing right. that goes to this. So he He's one of those guys where, like, he really doesn't fit what everybody has said about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've I've never heard anything from him. Did he ever say anything? Um, about you know, this, uh, Rackstraw. Yeah, because Rackstraw. he died. He died in nineteen. Um, but like. He doesn't have like a crazy influx of money. He doesn't. He's just kind of like this guy that's a convict that, you know, was in the Vietnam War. And that's even that's not 
atypical. I mean, it's like a you know, there's yeah. a ton, a million guys, right? A million. How many guys went to the Vietnam War? A lot, right? That was a lot. I mean, my dad and my uncle. My dad. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So like, and we're just we're just regular dudes. So like, you got to figure every regular dude in the United States knew several people that went to Vietnam, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So like tons. I thought I thought it was like over a million people, but I, I don't know exactly. Um, but you know, he's he's just like they never really have anything against him, and I I never heard him say anything about it. No, but there was like a lot of people wrote shit on him though. There was there was quite a bit of. You know, there was a, there was an author that wrote a book that involved him. Um, there was the Colbert and a group of volunteers investigated and uncovered what they believe were decade-old parachute straps. Right. Like and it doesn't it doesn't help that he like once they start saying it, he kind of feeds it. Yeah, they even said that like I he's think real there was coy some, about some it. Some people said that they got a obtained a confession letter that was originally written in 1971 that contained codes that matched uh, three units uh, Rick Straw was a part of while he was in the army. And he actually like lost his job late, like late in his life. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Dude, I just said that." So that every, I just told everybody I was a hijacker because everybody yeah. thought I was. He's like, I just wanted everybody to think I was. Yeah, well, they showed, um, they showed, I think they showed uh, the flight attendants the uh, a picture they th- of They thought it was him. No, no they, they said they didn't find any similarities between oh, the photos. Or, yeah, Rackstraw and um, D.B. Cooper, they said they didn't really see any similarities with the two of them. Maybe I'm thinking of Peterson. Okay, good. Um, and Rackstraw's attorney had said the, the renewed allegations against him because this kept coming back up and coming back right. up over the years. And it, they, they're calling it the stupidest thing that he ever heard. And... Um, Rackstraw actually told people uh, it's a lot of I guess he said bullshit and they know it is hmm. and the uh, FBI declined further comment um, he stated that he lost his job over like you said yeah. so because there's nothing the FBI wants to do more than to say we found D.B. Cooper because the the idea behind that is like, okay, fine. You're smart enough to do something. Mm-hmm. We're going to track you the rest of your fucking life. Right. <laughs> and then right. when, exactly when you're like in a chill mode. Yeah. You're getting arrested. They yeah. want, they, like. They want the you FBI, to, yep. The they FBI. To guard down. It's a U.S. Marshal. We always get our, ma- our man. They yep. want you to know. That they're going to try. So the FBI, and I kind of think this is why they kind of just bailed on it because they yeah. figured the people that were serious contenders to be him were dead. Mm-hmm. Right. But nonetheless, Ra- I he, mean, a rack straw apparently had told some people that he was the mm-hmm. hijacker. And that's, and he said it was a stunt and he never really explained that it was a stunt. 
to him. And that's mm-hmm. kind of part of the confusion. So, like, you think at some point the guy would be like, because I don't think he, like, he died, not that, like you said, in 2019. I, he would have been in his old age. You'd think that would be a call for a deathbed confession, you know? I mean, but you'd, like, you'd be me a and, dick if you just died with that information. You're an asshole. But, like, <laughs> I consider myself funny. <laughs> I'm like a humor snob. Yeah. I don't think anybody's funnier than me. Right. <laughs> but like, it's something. And like, me and you are really good friends. Like, I, I always tell people, I don't ever think I've ever had a fight with Brandon. <laughs> uh, right? Have we? Have no. we ever had any fight? No, I don't think so. No, you're just, you're, just a, you're just a cool dude. And I'm, I'm fine with who you are. You're fine with who I am, right? Yeah. And there's very few people you come... That's kind of why I asked you to do this. Right. So, like, I totally could see myself. I find out I have stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. We're at the bar, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm D.B. Cooper. <laughs> I'm the real D.B. Cooper. You're like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it, I knew it man. Baby fucking. <laughs> uh, so, I kind of understand that. Right. I understand why he would do that. Uh, you got you got all these people in your ass about it. You know, right. You're like, screw it, man. I am that guy, right? Right. Uh, this guy, I really like this guy. <laughs> this is Walter Re- Recca. Yeah. Okay, so he's a Michigan native. Now, that's one thing I don't like about this because... The West is a whole different... Okay, so I recently moved to South Carolina, which I've said before. And one thing I always say to my wife, I'm like, okay, you know what would suck is if you wreck your car here, right? Mm -hmm. You wreck your car where I live, and you're like, oh, thank God we're all alive, right? (laughs) And then an alligator bites your head off. (laughs) 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 So... We're from the Midwest. Michigan is much different. Yeah, I'm going than, wa- than Washington. Yeah, I'm going there in a couple of days. Okay, Mi- Michigan's awesome. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Tons of lakes. I've been to Silver Lake. They have sand dunes. No humidity. No, and and the lakes are. If you very, get up high enough, that is. The the lakes are very much like an ocean. Oh yeah. Um, you know. And there's all kinds of tributaries and uh, auxiliary lakes that are awesome. It's a killer, killer area. Like the sand dunes at Silver Lake, we've I four wheeled there. It's yep. such a cool time. It's yep. so so nice. Um, but he, his it's his buddy, right? Yeah, Carl Lauren. So Carl Lauren records like these phone calls with him. And he he died in 2014, and a lot of people think it's him because soon after he dies, the FBI kind of shuts it down. But what he talked about was that in these recorded calls, and who knows what the circumstances are because they never really said anything about it. I don't know if he had AIDS or cancer or what, you know. No, but he gave him permission to record it. Right, and why would you do that? Mm-hmm. 
So if you were like, hey, Anthony, I'm going to record you. Mm-hmm. I would instantly be like, for six weeks. Prank caller. Prank caller. <laughs> 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 Are you a cop? <laughs> um, so he must have known he was going to die. But this is like 2008. So sometimes people have like like death scares. Mm-hmm. And I know somebody personal to us, you know, when he was dying, he called me a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, and I remember him telling me, he's like, you're the only one that understands. Like, I'm going to die. And I said, I know, man. God damn it. Yeah. I'm like, because you're like one of the most alive people I've ever met. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Like, you know who I'm talking about. And that yeah. guy is fucking crazy, right? <laughs> he, he did crazy shit. And you're like, but he knew it. Like, he knew it. And, uh, and I remember being at a bachelor party. And they were like, yeah, I don't understand what, what the big deal is. And I'm like, God damn it, you guys. You're going to make me tell you there's no Santa Claus? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he, he's going to die. This is going to end well, guys. They're like, you're just saying that. I'm like, man, why would I say that? Like, why would I say that? I'm like, what he has is like a 2% survival rate. Um, he, if he does make it through it, he's going to have severe complications. Yeah. And need like severe surgeries. If he survives from that, he's susceptible to other sicknesses. I don't want to say what he died from, but because everybody will know. But like, they're like, you're just saying that. You're, you're like, you're dramatic. I'm like, I'm not. Like, I'm, I'm not. Well, I'm, I'm literally the least dramatic person, right? right. And, uh, dude, six months later. Yeah. That's how it goes. I, I, I know. So anyway, he let so, but but it wasn't six months for him; it was six years. Yeah, and that's the only reason I could think that he would let him do these recordings. He's, he thought he was gonna die, mm-hmm. but he said he landed in nah, Clay Elum. Am I yeah. saying that? Yeah, I guess so. Clay Elum. Yeah, it's like it's two got, words, right? It's got a dash over it. So, okay. Um, and he said he met a dump truck driver that he asked that guy if he could give a guy on the phone directions. <laughs> yeah. Right. So... It was confirmed. The guy that he talked to did give somebody directions. Um, and they didn't ever find anything about him that said he was lying. Yeah. And there's actually a book about him called Get Into the Truth. I am D.B. Cooper. Um, that was published. But it's out of the flight path. Yeah. So Quite a bit. 150 miles north. Yeah, which is a big deal. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a good chunk of mileage mm-hmm. there. It's also nowhere near where the money was found. Right. Um. 
he had a bunch of he had a bunch of jumps to his credit. Yeah. But he contradicted the FBI's profile. Yeah, that big ass nose doesn't help. He looks nothing like DB Cooper. <laughs> nothing like him. Nothing at all. He's got a mustache. He's like I think he's got blue eyes. It's like Yeah, none of it. Um and that's that's about it with him. He's so far the most connected, but he looks nothing like him. Right. William Smith. William Smith. He's from New Jersey. He's in the FBI list of people that could possibly be a part of it. He works for a railroad. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason they think he was part of it was because his railroad, he lost his pension. Mm-hmm. And this was like a, a stick it to the man grudge against the establishment and transportation. Mm-hmm. But here's the most interesting thing. <laughs> All right, you know what I'm going to say? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, say it. Are you talking about his uh, high school yearbook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the list of alumni killed in World War II was uh, uh, Ira Daniel Cooper. Right. So a lot of a lot of people like point to him because of the pseudonym, and maybe he lived or he used that, and that was. Um, his way to say F you to the people that took his retirement. Additionally, he worked on the railroads. He would have been in contact with some of these like rail rare metals that were found on his tie. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The tie itself. Right. The tie itself was, they said was just like the uh, ones they wore for their uniforms and the, Right. Um, He also had some sort of experience and knowledge about planes and parachutes. Um, And it's sort of like noted in a sidebar that maybe he used the train to escape. Yeah. And this is really interesting because... Trains don't follow highways. So a highway system is completely different from the train system, right? The train right. system is the most direct with the least amount of turns. Mm-hmm. So if he has a train system and he knows there's a train coming by, yeah, he can literally hop on a train. Yeah. And be gone. And be gone. And he could get somewhere really, really quick. He also looks like D.B. Cooper. Like, <laughs> like yep. ridiculously yep. looks like D.B. Cooper. Right now. So there's a picture taken of him in 1985. And you can see this on Wikipedia. He looks like if you put a pair of glasses on him and de-aged him. Mm-hmm. 22 years he's D.B. Cooper 
he dies in 2018. So we have Dwayne Weber. He's kind of the last of the people that the FBI considers as like a a, a, a serious person that could be considered as Dan Cooper. He was in prison for burglary and forgery. Um, another deathbed confession. Mm-hmm. I am Dan Cooper. I am Dan Cooper. Right. To Which his, I think is kind of a bigger deal. A lot of... He doesn't know, say DB. He doesn't say DB. He says, I am Dan Cooper. Yeah. And she doesn't even... She has no idea what that means. And uh, it's not till like months later, uh, a friend is like, hey, man, you know, <laughs> you know what that means? He said, what? And she's like, "She, yeah, she goes to the library because, of course, this is before the Internet. Yeah. And um, she's like, she she found this book. And there's no, there's like notations in the margins. Yeah. And it's his handwriting. Mm-hmm. He also had like nightmares of jumping out of a plane. He drank bourbon and he chain smoked. Now, she, I, I never did hear what kind of cigarettes he smoked. Right. Um, but there was a movie when Vince Vaughn was trying to be a serious actor. With Joaquin Phoenix and Claire Danes. No, no, no. With Janine Garoppolo, where he's like... Clay Pigeons. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he kept putting his cigarettes out a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that's how she ended up fighting. All right, so like... So the CIA uses, like... By the way, that book she was looking at was a book by Max Gunther called D.B. Cooper, What Really Happened. Okay. Just for reference, that's what that... That's the book she saw the notation in. Why would you write notations, though, in a book? I don't know. Right. Like, I really... I guess guess it was maybe... (laughs) Maybe I was... Like, like, if it's you, if it's a book about something you did, right? Right. uh, Some kind of crime you committed. Would you go and write notations in a book that is a fiction book about you? Right. <laughs> I probably wouldn't, but I guess that's me. Um, but he did. Right. And it never says that what kind of cigarettes he smoked, but like I kind of feel like it, like that movie we were just talking about. Somebody that smokes a lot. It's very habit forming. Yeah. You do everything a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I could see where people would think that. You know, like, uh, too bad they lost them. But the FBI said it's not him. <laughs> yeah, of course they did. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, those are the main suspects. Uh, there, of course, there's there's the people we mentioned at first, and then the other 800 that the FBI considered. 
And just before you think that um, they can't do it, there's been several people that have done exactly what DB Cooper has done. Mm-hmm. There was the copycat, Richard McCoy. Right. There was a guy named um, Frederick Hanneman. Mm-hmm. He used a handgun. He did it. He jumped out. He made it. They caught him a month later. There was a guy named Rob Haiti. He was a paratrooper. He did it. Um, $200,000. He got, um, they found him. He was so dumb about how they found him. He had a U.S. Parachute Association bumper sticker <laughs> on his car. Yeah. God damn it, man. Why, why would you do that? <laughs> why? Flex. Why? Right. I guess. Um, there's another guy that did it um, and lost the money when he jumped out of the plane. Mm-hmm. There is another 15 similar hijackings exactly to what Cooper did, copycat crimes, and for one reason or another, they're never linked back. So that's where we are. Now we'll go to what we think. Okay. All right. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Second, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, so there's 800 people, man. Who is D.B. Cooper? (laughs) Who's the douchebag? Who it, who is it? I I say I say it's Rick Straw. Um, and I'm with you. And there there's a reason. Or Rack why. Straw. Sorry. Yeah, that and there's a reason why I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Um. So this isn't a, a popular theory. This is like a theory. Um, it's not the most popular theory. A lot of people think that the FBI sort of turned a blind eye to D.B. Cooper. I'm sorry. Hold on. What? Do what? 
give, give me Ray. We're almost we're wrapping up. Just give me a minute. Sorry. Hey, my wife. My wife was just brushing her teeth. She just told me to come come move a TV. I'm mobile. <laughs> I went to a, a family party one time. And they're like, "Hey, nice to meet you." Can you help us hump this big-ass fucking TV? It was, like, not a flat screen. It was, like, one of those, like, big screen. Right. Right. <laughs> hey, you look able. Mm-hmm. You're, like, you're fit. <laughs> right. <laughs> help us hump this big-ass fucking TV. I know. <laughs> Get it all the time out. Shay Moore, it's, like, all old people, and I'm 6'4", 200 don't, pounds. Don't, right? you find, don't you find that happens to you? All the time. Uh, me, too. So... With me, it's like I can never have the excuse that I can't do it. Because literally, if I can't do it, nobody can do it. Unless right. and- unless Andre the Giant's there. Right. They're like, you can't do it. And I'm like, yeah, I can fucking do it. Yeah. It's, like, it's the I- same thing. They know I'm a roofer and shit. They're like, Brandon, right. Brandon can do this. Hey, Brandon, come over here right. and do this. Exactly. So, all right, here we are. Um, who is D.B. Cooper? Well, let me just start off by saying, I don't know. Uh, like, there's there's so many people that possibly could be, but when, I always say this, when I think about our government, mm-hmm. our government is so compartmentalized that this guy makes the most sense. And I could be totally wrong. And, right. and, the, and, the, and the, we reserve that, right? Right. Well, all we're doing is give an opinion. Mm-hmm. But we're also given like an educated opinion. And we're given an educated opinion about our experience dealing with the government. Right? Yeah. All right. In my opinion, it is Robert Rackstraw. Um, I'm inclined to believe that, too. So the reason a lot of people think it's him, he actually looks the least like DB Cooper. Mm-hmm. Well, um, except for Rekka. Okay, except for Rekka. He's, he's I don't. He looks like a. What was uh, what was the dad on Webster, the old football <laughs> player? Papadopoulos. There you go. <laughs> I was just thinking about so when I redid my house mm-hmm. I wanted to do the hidden walkways in the in the walls okay remember Webster had that yeah yeah I wanted to have like a grandfather clock that was a door yeah and when I came to find out was that that cost tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. <laughs> yep right um, so a lot of people think it's Rackstraw because there's an ul- ulterior motive he was sort of given a get out of jail free card and he impressed the FBI. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, God damn it. I don't want to say this, but it's going to go. I'm not even going to cut it because this is, 
this is true. So, like, it's already been documented that the government invented crack <laughs> and LSD and several different drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and there's a movie with Tom Cruise where he is a pilot. Yeah. In the early 80s. If you haven't seen it, great movie. Right. And he flies into Arkansas. And his cocaine money kind of fuels this whole town. (laughs) And indirectly gets Bill Clinton elected. Right? (laughs) I recently moved to an island and I've had several stories told to me why I bartend at this local bar this local dive bar Mm -hmm. where people have told me they've found plane loads of cocaine really when I say they've told me I've had 10 different people tell me this. Okay, the reason is, is because, yeah, you can fly it into Miami. You're getting arrested (laughs) if you fly it into Miami, right? But if you fly into somewhere they're not really expecting, well, then, you know, you have a lot better chance of not being arrested for cocaine possession if you land in a place they're not expecting. So where I live is one of those places. Arkansas is one of those places. So I was I told you I was a finder. I used to find money for people and I found money for a guy in Arkansas. So I've never been to Arkansas. I've never even driven through it. I've I've driven uh, the United States. I've I, I I drove to LA like several times. Mm-hmm. I helped I helped somebody move there. Um, I drove there to move there myself by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the United States is vast. Mm-hmm. It it is a vast land, and I can tell you that. If you're on, like, say, a dual-prop Cessna that can handle a certain amount of weight, right? Um, 100 kilos is like a person. Yeah. Okay, so minus one person on the flight. Right. Weight distribution. You can fly that right into Arkansas. And there's no customs in a regional airport in Arkansas. So, you and I are from a very small town, but there's an airport Yeah, where we're from, right? Right. All right. So, imagine flying from Colombia, say, to like, I don't know, Costa Rica, mm-hmm. right? And then you take a flight from Costa Rica to where we're from. Mm-hmm. There's no custom agents at our fucking airport. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, you barely have a McDonald's, <laughs> right? Right. So if you have a few duffel bags and it looks like luggage, right? 
Right. Somebody comes and picks you up, and that's exactly what happened in Arkansas. Except that money was full of money. Or that those <laughs> bags were full of money, right? Right. And what they were dealing with was they were dealing cocaine for arms to fund resistance groups against communism. And that is what the whole Iran-Contra affairs is about. Yeah. And there's this whole world playership of dealing with communism and somehow it gets back to Iran. And Oliver North is like the head of this thing. And this is like in the 80s. So say you have somebody like Dan Cooper, right? Mm-hmm. And say you know who he is. In my opinion, if I was a government agency, I wouldn't put him in jail. Why would you? Mm-mm. What is $200,000? When our mm. national debt at that time is a trillion dollars. Right. So a trillion dollars to $200,000 is like a fraction of a penny. Right? Right. Right. Okay. You use that guy because that guy knows exactly what he's doing. Right. Um, so and- it happens a lot. They use guys that are computer hackers, guys that are forgers. They give them breaks and deals to to work for them. The FBI does, all, the CIA all the does. All the time. All the time. And there, there's actually a, a movie called White Boy. Yep. Uh, have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I know the God, story. God damn it. Right? So, mm-hmm. so a lot of people think crack was invented in the hood. Um, but it wasn't. It was actually like engineered. And they can trace it back to where it was engineered. And it was put on certain populations. Yeah. And some of it's race based, but honestly, it's more economic based. Because there's a lot of white people affected by crack. Yeah. And. Yes, there's like other populations that are affected, but a lot of white people smoke crack, right? Mm-hmm. When you think of a typical crack person, <laughs> most of the time they're white. Yeah. They're not black, right? TikTok and, show you dancing them in the streets. Well, totally. It's, it's usually always white people. <laughs> well, it was put in certain areas and a lot of people think it was like a, either a population control or a way to control drugs coming in and out. And White Boy Rick is about that. Mm-hmm. It's about it's about drugs coming in, and he is hired. A set, quotation marks because <laughs> that's why he's in jail. Um, he's hired to distribute this new form of cocaine. And the reason is, is because the president's kids are doing cocaine. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean that. Yeah. The president, like Ronald Reagan's kids, literally have cocaine at the White House. And that's a problem because that means everybody has cocaine. Mm-hmm. And they were sort of successful early on. So they came up with this, you know, and me and you were there, Dare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they came up with Dare. Um, and the, the Dare thing worked for a little while. Um, but what they ended up finding out was like, kids were like actually like more apt to do drugs after being in the D.A.R.E. program. (laughs) (laughs) Which is ridiculous, dude. Right? There was nothing funnier than smoking a joint with a D.A.R.E. shirt on, huh? Hey, dude. There's, like, all kinds of crazy presidential kid stories where they, like, like, the Bush sisters. The, like, like, all of them. All Mm -hmm. of them. And they're, and, and we always say this. They're in a different group, man. They they don't care about us. They, they don't they don't like they're not the Bush sisters aren't getting busted for smoking a J. No. Or doing a line. No. Like you're not you're not in trouble. Right? If right. anything, they're gonna use everything they have to like not get in trouble. Yeah. Um like the Kennedys. Like, they made all their money during Prohibition. Well, like, honestly, Brandon, what if our kids sold pot right now on a multi-million dollar level? <laughs> and then all of our grandkids... Here goes my political career. Right now. But what if all <laughs> of our grandkids go to, like, affluent schools, you know, come up, and are super smart and then you know they run for office right I'm, I'm going places now me and you can never assume office <laughs> right you gotta get the you gotta get the black eyes after you get in but your kids can yeah right and that is exactly what the Kennedys did so my thought is that it's this it's this one guy and the reason is is because they kind of knew right off the bat that he was D.B. Cooper and it makes a lot of sense because he what the theory is is that he gets this get out of jail free card basically and I get that because if you if you have somebody is really good at what they do you need they're an asset and there's a book called Confessions of an Economic Hitman And he said he had, like, some kind of stupid degree. And he had taken some test 
and he had scored really high on it. So the CIA came and talked to him. And so they asked him, have you ever been in a situation where you had to break the law? And he's like, yeah, I stabbed a guy once. And they're like, why did you stab a guy? He's like, okay, well, my friend was getting his ass kicked. I broke a bottle that was laying on the side of the alley. And I stabbed the guy with it. And it poked him like a little bit in his body. And the guy like freaked out and ran away. And they're like, well, why did you do that? He's like, well, I've known that kid my entire life. And they're like, okay. So I asked a couple more questions and they're like, whatever. So he gets sent to this place called Greenbrier. And uh, he thinks he just has this dumb job offer, right? Mm-hmm. And here he's working for the CIA. Right. And the way the CIA works now is they try to economically wreck people. I think then somebody like Robert Rackstraw is, is an extreme asset. You have to have that guy on your team. Guy with a giant set of nuts. Right? Mm-hmm. Somebody that takes on the FBI head on essentially wins um, and then I think the FBI buried it because he's CIA I, I, I can see that I mean they did do a lot of dodging with credible what seemed like credible stuff that people were bringing they were mm-hmm. just kind of dismissing it out of hand like that man He also does some crazy shit, dude. Yes. He calls Mayday on a plane. And then the plane actually lands and they repaint it. (laughs) Put a new tail number on it. And they're like, yeah, dude, that's the same fucking plane, right? And they immediately um, eliminate him as a suspect. Yeah. There's a lot of other people that look more like him. Um, but it's possible. I'm, I'm saying his mugshot shows that he, his 1970 mugshot. They didn't like the, the flight attendants said he had no similarities. Yeah. But like when I was in, um, I was in psych one at one, right. Mm-hmm. And this kid comes in, and he's like, hey, man, uh, you didn't let me take the final. And he's like, yeah, okay, we're about ready to start class. What are you talking about? He's like, you didn't let me take the fucking final, and I fucking failed, and now I'm going to fucking graduate. And he's like, well, first of all, if all you needed was Psych 101 to graduate, like, you had a terrible curriculum, right? <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, man. Right? <laughs> and he's like, okay, fuck me. Get the fuck out of my class. Right? The guy's like, I'm sick of this shit. He pulls out a gun. And he fucking shoots the the the, uh, the professor. Right? All right. The professor grabs his chest. There's fucking blood everywhere. The guy fucking runs out the door. Everybody's like, what the fuck? Of course, this is in the 90s. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. 
Everybody's I already like, got what? what was going on. <laughs> Everybody's like, what the fuck? Right? Mm-hmm. He stands up. He's like, what do you look like? Right. There were 70 different descriptions of what the guy looked like. Yeah. Down to like the color of the clothes he was wearing. Mm-hmm. People were way off. Right. Like, so eyewitness account, you can't always hold that as fact. Right. So where it's weird that they rule him out. Early. I mean, like a lot of people don't really get that. There's I've seen I've seen multiple of those 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 um type things that you're talking about happen. They, mm-hmm. They've even done it on TV. I was watching a program about the brain and they staged a, a robbery, a same similar scenario where guy runs up and he struggles to yank this purse off this lady's arm and he gets it off. There's like a bit of a struggle. So there's time there where they have people who can see what's going on and he takes off running down the street. I was wrong. And then they, they, they stop everybody. I was and, wrong. What? I was wrong. When I, when I did my description of him, yeah, I was wrong. Oh, yeah. And I'm a pretty keep it calm dude. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when shit happens so fast. Right. You all, your brain only takes in so much of the information. I was, I was totally wrong in the description of who he was. Yeah. And people don't get that. I think. I think. I think people don't put a lot. They're like, "Whoa, he was there. He saw it." And it's like, no. I mean, I've seen firsthand where they they round up all the witnesses. They ask them separately, and they all come up with different shit. I mean, it. We talked about earlier in the first episode mm-hmm. that she just like casually took his number and threw it in her purse. Yeah. She thought he's hitting on her. Yeah. She didn't know it was the biggest hijacking of all time. Right. So, yeah, when you look back on it, I mean, yeah, what are you recalling? She also said it was super traumatizing. Right. She did. Which even would hinder your eyewitness account. And he was nice. Mm -hmm. And and, And he even went into saying that, like, none of you were included in this. It was only me and him. Mm-hmm. He only had a problem with me. So you had less time to even take. And honestly, it was early in the morning. I'm like just sitting there, you know. I, I just had a McMuffin. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, like not caring. Right. And this dude's like arguing with the professor. And I'm like, whatever, you know. I'm just dicking around. And then all of a sudden he's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Boom. The drama department gives him like a blood blood pack, right? Right. He fucking grabs, he falls, guy runs out. And everybody's like, what the fuck, right? He's like, Stan, what do you look like? <laughs> yeah. And that was when I really got into like the psychology because that's when I realized your brain plays so many tricks on you yeah it'll fill in pieces it totally fills in pieces that's why i kind of think it's this guy this guy he had he's the only person that used codes 
Mm-hmm. Um, they discount him really early. Yeah. They've never found D.B. Cooper and they lost the cigarettes, which really makes me mad. Right. Because why don't you have the cigarettes? God damn it. There's a lot of them, apparently. Yeah, not on that one. He's in a certain seat. You have you have his fingerprints from the plane. He's a convict. I think most, like, somebody who's going to pull this off is a convict. They're either... This, this guy once drove a, uh, a truck through a front door of a gun shop. Stole, right. Stole a bunch of guns. Right. <laughs> he forged federal aviation certificates. Yeah. All right. A guy like that is an asset. Mm-hmm. You need him on your team because if he's on another team, uh-oh. Yeah. All right. Well, here's one Here's one that's interesting. Okay, there's this... <laughs> There's this guy, his, his name's Robert Pudgy Hunt. Okay. Another great nickname, Pudgy. Um, he he was uh, yeah, a longtime tavern owner in Portland. Right? Yeah. And he worked in a flooring business with Rackstraw in the 70s. Yes. And he said that... Um, what, what he said to him was that Rackstraw had charisma to burn. That mm-hmm. and he couldn't be trusted. So the whole he was a nice guy. He's putting on that. He knows how to put on that calm man charm. They're saying he had tons of charisma. So that fits with them saying that he was this nice guy on the plane. He's also the only one to have a deathbed confession to say I'm not him. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you why. I w- you would do that. So, I have a wife and two kids. (laughs) If I pulled this off and the CIA said, hey, you're now an operative, but nobody could know, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know the power of that. Right. Listen, if the... Okay. Don't ever take a lie detector test. (laughs) And, (laughs) And if the CIA says you are now an operative don't <laughs> don't ever tell anybody you're an operative they they will kill you right right and they will make you look like a child molester they'll make you look like the worst person yeah, yeah they'll wreck your life they'll wreck your life so I think he's one of those people that was smart enough to know that he had an out he had an insurance policy to say. And when he was one of the few people that said it was ridiculous where all the other people owned it. Mm-hmm. I think it's him. He, he was even quoted as saying that uh, if they were invest- if he were investigating the case, he wouldn't discount himself. Right. <laughs> but when, also when people ask him he said it's ridiculous it's not me yeah well and, he was he was only about 28 I think at the time and they were saying that he that that was one of the big things that they said took him out of it because he lo- he was too young and that the 
Vancouver was in his 40s, but he but was only about 20. Look, I mean, you can look. He doesn't older. look like a 20. Yeah. You could look older. Yeah. You really could. The way you dress, like, the way you dress really, it really does, like, mess with first-hand accounts. Right. All right. So, I think it's Robert Rackstraw. I also believe that it is Robert Rackstraw. You going to go with it? I think so, man. I mean, he's the guy, like you said. And the stuff that you're saying, those are valid points. I mean, I get it. It's it's not unheard of for like the FBI to use forgers and uh, you know hackers and stuff like that. And then the CIA, when they do it, they're just even quieter about it because the CIA doesn't tell anybody anything, right? So I could I I can get that. And then just everything that lines up with him, he like. His he can fly. He can. He's not scared to jump out of a plane. Obviously, he's jumped out of a plane before and tried to fake his own death. And because he was he was accused of killing his stepfather, and they they acquitted him of that. But then later he got more charges put on him for like forgery and and stuff like that. So he he tried to fake his own death by jumping out of a rented plane. So and then that plane landed and he repainted it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a certain kind of guy. So, and you know, the whole driving a truck through a gun store window to steal all the guns. I mean, the, that is a guy that you go to and be like, we got some crazy shit we need you to do. And he's like, I'm down, you know? Right. Because by he's all cow- accounts, cow- he wasn't. Yeah, by all accounts, he was a, a loved adventurer. He was like... Love living life on the razor's edge type deal. All right. Well, then I'm going to call it. It's Robert Rackstraw is D.B. Cooper. I also agree with you. (laughs) Well, there it is. All right. Well, I'm Anthony. I'm Brandon. And this is everything that's weird.